In this new era of hope and change, we discuss Swing Vote, the world's most irrelevant political satire. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Elliot Kalin. And I'm Will Hines. That's right. We have a guest because Stuart was called called away to Baltimore. Ooh. Yeah. No doubt Stringer Bell is up to his old tricks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stuart's the man to stop him. Yeah. He had to go team up with Omar on something. Exactly. Elliot's now started watching The Wire so he can start I've making these I've seen the first four jokes. of the 25 discs in the series. Yeah. So That's, That's pretty not good. so bad, though, for yeah. five seasons. That's like when it starts to get good. It requires more investment of time than any other series that's been raved about. Oh well, I, I liked it from the I liked it from the first episode. Oh, okay, it is. I can see it getting richer over time. You know, but yeah, but this isn't the Wirecast. No, this is oh, the Flophouse. If, if only this was the Wirehouse. <laughs> <laughs> the Wirehouse. That sounds like a good uh, indie band. It does sound like a good indie band. Um, okay, guys. Yeah. Tonight we found the Wirehouse, the All best right. indie band on the market. Yep. I call tambourine. <laughs> oh, so it's that kind of indie band. We Forget find indie it. band and we take over for them. <laughs> so, um, Will. Yes. Uh, let's introduce Will. He teaches <laughs> at the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City. That's great. I'm just curious what you knew about me. Um, you know, because we we have met in passing at a couple of different events, and I don't yeah. know how much information you actually picked up. But that's yeah. right. Yeah. He's a how much information? I don't know. I know that you're a comics fan. Yeah, um, that's right. I do. I love comics. Owns cats. He owns cats. Yes. He's a sketch and improv uh, dude. Uh, dude. <laughs> yep. And I was on the internet today. Oh, yeah. And I saw that you have a role in the upcoming film, The Mystery Team. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Madera uh, Comedy. Yeah, it was at Sundance. So technically, I was at Sundance. I was viewed at Sundance. That got a lot of good nice. reviews uh, from oh, yeah. the Yeah, it's a very good movie. I have two lines of exposition. I'm, <laughs> the name of my guy was Reasonable Principal. I'm not kidding. I established the main character. <laughs> and then that's it. But it was really fun. I was pretty glad. Now I have this right. Uh, let's see if I have it right. It's a movie about a uh, an aging team of boy detectives, a la yeah. the Hardy Boys or the Three Investigators. Right. But now they're almost out of high school and they're still solving crimes the same way. But they have to solve a murder with those techniques. So that it's sounds good. like a, that's good a movie. pretty good. I'll buy, I'll make that movie. Yeah. I've accepted your pitch. So, I'm not pitching to you. Well, we're <laughs> in production. I'm giving us the green light. Yeah. It's I've a really funny it. idea. So if you uh, so when can I expect the script by? <laughs> I guess it's already written and shot and produced. So later tonight I could email it to you. Right, it doesn't get, matter because other people have made it and own it. Let's so. get this thing in the can. I'm you excited to be working script, on it. Won't matter. This is going to be our next big production. As your friend, I well, you know if you make this movie, you'll be wasting your time. I if see somebody else owns it. Michael Sarah and you'll maybe probably, Woody Harrelson. You'll if probably you actually get make that happen, you might be able to have your movie surpass this one currently. I think I see who else is big on the. T- I think I can get Miley Cyrus for this. Mm. Okay, well, this is a legal problem waiting to happen. <laughs> and I'm going to call it the Derek movie. Yeah. Oh man, about um, oil Derricks. <laughs> wow. So, but. <laughs> A movie about oil derricks. Yeah, why like Syriana. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, get, I was going to yeah. say, why hasn't that been made before? But I guess it has. Yep. But we didn't watch the mystery team tonight. We watched no. uh, Swing Vote. Yes. A political movie in this new era of Almost a political change. fable, really, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's about right. The only thing keeping it from being a totally fable, political fable, is that there was no magic or mm-hmm. supernatural happening. Right. Wizards. 
No wizards, unfortunately. Right. Or gnomes. But uh, a movie, a movie <laughs> where the a, a presidential election comes down to the vote of a single man, mm-hmm. and you're not going to believe which man, the, the least likely guy. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's obviously going to be a college professor. Sure. Someone who's suited to someone make that with choice. An education, a historian. Someone who reads the paper now and then. Yeah. Nope. No, uh-uh. no way. Wrong again, This is like wrong-o. the worst guy. <laughs> you, if you had to pick one guy to have a vote, I get, this guy's be way toward the bottom of the list. He I is the last yeah, I don't, vote you would swing. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, like, he's not a serial killer or something. But a serial no. killer might have some good ideas. A serial killer would have some focus. Well, yeah, like, a serial he's got an issue. Let me just, Killing. Just the same way the movie established the but character. But he's a single the issue voter. I really vote on one issue. Yeah. Getting the voices in my head to stop. Right, single so. issue voter. No, no good. That would be an easy guy to pander to, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I imagine a pardon, a presidential pardon would be involved somehow. <laughs> but if Charlie like, Coffin wrote the movie, it would be like a multiple schizophrenic who yeah. was the one guy. It was like four different movies going on at once, each pandering to the different personalities. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, if he, was a, if he needed a pardon, that would mean he'd been convicted, in which case he's a felon. Well, but as you pointed vote. out, Elliot, Kevin Costner's character is a who, two-time I mean, felon. And what is the name of uh, Kevin Costner's character? His name was uh, Ernest Johnson. Nicknamed... Yes. Bud. 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 The names in this movie are awesomely <laughs> uh, like, not imaginative in every way. What was the name of the and the reporter that Kate Madison? Kate Madison. His daughter's name is Kate uh, Madison. Molly. That sounds Molly like a Johnson. Disney Channel singer. You know, like a youth. Definitely, yeah. she sounds constructed. And the, the presidential candidates are Greenleaf. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Boone is the other Boone, one. Boone, yeah. Boone is, uh, well, should, we should start you from. You should guess which one's the Democrat, though. Oh, yes. Yeah, Greenleaf or, or Boone. <laughs> Greenleaf. Uh, well, during the movie, you, you couldn't remember the name of the other. Republican, Republican yeah. And you're like, what's his name? Money Weapon? Yeah. And I thought that was really <laughs> yeah. funny. Elliot. Greenleaf. You're good at uh, quickly summing up the plots of things. Yes. Why okay. don't you do that rapidly? Sure. Your well, blurb machine. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what blurb, blurb machine. Activate. <laughs> uh, we're introduced to Kevin Costner. He plays Ernest Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's not very good at anything. He works at an egg factory with a lot of Mexicans and Judge Reinhold. And his <laughs> daughter is very smart. Uh, she is the preco- She's like the Lisa Simpson of this two-person yeah. single-parent family. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's and- like... Uh, a kid in a Neil Simon movie, but she doesn't swear. Exactly. If Marge yes. and Bart <laughs> and uh, Maggie died somehow. Mm, probably a plane crash. Yeah. And maybe like Marge hangs on for a couple of days, but then unfortunately passes yeah. away. Boy, that show would take a really different turn. <laughs> it's a very t- yeah. such a sad show. Yeah. It's like Million Dollar Baby of sitcoms. <laughs> 20 years of happiness and joy, and then the end of it, it's like, I like, couldn't even want to watch it anymore. <laughs> no. you know? Just, oh. uh, every episode from before that has been ruined because you yeah. know, like you can't watch it because you know what's going to happen to these characters. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, so Molly is a, is a prodigy. She's very interested in politics. She's precocious. She's very yeah. precocious in the way movie kids are. Right. And she takes care of her dad. More than he takes care of her. Yes. Am I the only one who noticed that? <laughs> oh, no, wait. We were reminded of that in every scene. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. And it's election day is coming up. It's 2008. Yep. Most important election of our lifetime between two white guys who yeah. one's vaguely Republican and one's vaguely Democrat. Yeah. And uh, she says to him, don't forget to vote, Dad. Dad, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do a report on you voting. He even runs into a sign that says, uh, remember to vote. He goes and drinks. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to vote today. Yeah. Runs outside. Hits his head on that a That literally on a says. It says vote today. Yeah. And hits his head so hard that he has trouble getting to his car and passes out <laughs> yeah. inside of it, which means he must have gotten a concussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his daughter, he's not here. Uh-oh. The voting poll is almost closed. The vote, the poll watcher is asleep. I'll just sneak in and vote for him. Right. Unfortunately, due to a mishap with a vacuum cleaner that knocks out an electric plug, right. the machine stops mid-vote. Suddenly, 
uh-oh, the entire election has come down to New Mexico's vote. They're in the town of Texaco, New Mexico. Right. The, it's split 50%. The rhyming town around. Yeah. Yeah. Some, and very implausibly, only New Mexico's electoral votes were decide this one. And, and just this county. Every This county. Every county in New Mexico is 50-50. Right. Including, we have to assume, right. absentee ballots. Right. And just this one vote will tip the whole thing. Well, oh, no! As New Mexico goes, so goes the nation, Elliot. It's, as, re- as it's literally been. been the most important uh, <laughs> state in the Union. Never, ever has it ever <laughs> been an important state. Short, Long story short, the election board comes and gets him. They tell him, you have to vote. And for some reason, they allow him to just dick around as long as he wants before for like, he votes. Yeah. It seems like two weeks. It beca- it's ten days. All right. Uh, at the end of it, he Amazing. says, it's been a crazy ten days. The press finds out... He holds out the country hostage. Intrepid in- local reporter. Kate Madison and her very excitable boss George Lopez yes. <laughs> discover that he that Bud Johnson is the uh, is the mystery swing vote after Chris Matthews appears on TV like a thousand times explaining that the election is neck and neck yeah and everyone heads to Texaco and both presidential candidates one of whom is the incumbent decides to take about a week off from being president so that they can woo him. Very personally. Well, he's a lame on, duck at that point. Until not if he wins the election. Well, not, well, but until it's decided. I mean, no one's going to be. Yeah, uh, of the amazingly high number of unbelievable <laughs> things, that one's not super crazy. Okay. Like, if it did come down to one that. guy. Only because we've had a president who for eight years would just take vacations for long periods of time. Mm. You just wouldn't believe that he would devote the whole ten days to wooing this guy. No, he would so take he would some, have some days off. Yeah. <laughs> this is tiring. Yeah. I'm going to take a day off to just <laughs> Well, I've done my part. Like, I imagine there were days when Bush just lay in bed all day, yeah. not doing, just staring at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but the funnies. they come down, both candidates start more and more just saying whatever they think Bud wants to hear. His daughter becomes disillusioned with the political process. And both uh, candidates leave, abandon their platforms and their parties. Almost completely. Just to pander with to Bud. Boone makes a wildlife preserve out of Bud's favorite fishing holes. Nothing right. happens to it. And when Bud says he's pro-life because he doesn't know what that term means, yes. Greenleaf, played by – oh, Kelsey Grammer plays the conservative and Dennis Hopper plays the liberal. Dennis Hopper gives a commercial where he's all in favor of pro, – he's very pro-life. Also, when Kelsey Grammer comes out as pro-gay marriage. Yeah, so the Republicans yeah. all of a sudden supporting gay it's marriage. A, the Democrat is anti-abortion. Yeah. It's a crazy topsy-turvy world is and what it is. And should I go to the end of the movie or no? Yeah, just jump to it. Okay. Quick. After a while – they and a very strange tangent where they go find Molly's birth mother, who's a drug addict. Yeah, she's clearly strung out on heroin. <laughs> yeah, they go to Bud wants to see one last debate, so he decides to moderate a debate between right. the two presidential candidates. He gives a forty-five minute long speech. It feels mm. like about right. what's important in America, and then he goes in to vote the next day. Pulls the curtain on the ballot booth. Molly and smiles at him. It. Right. And a then little, a little wink to the audience. Don't stop. Fade to black. Right. Or, or cut to black. Yeah. Movie's over. Who's he going to vote for? Right. Only you can decide, America. Yeah. yeah. It's your vote that counts. Is it the cardboard Democrat or the cardboard Republican? Yeah. Well, it was the smartest de- decision they made at that point because the best thing you want to see at that point is the movie to end. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this was a long movie. I, I don't. I said I don't know how I didn't see that coming. The open-ended ending, ending. because. You know, halfway through, I said that the only way that they were going to resolve this would be have one of them become the president, one become the vice president, and then switch off. Because <laughs> every they, or every or year, for like, Bud to suddenly, you know what? Let's just redo the whole election, and Bud gets elected president. Yeah, because they're both presented as uh, basically decent candidates. The uh, Republican, yeah, Democrat. there's no, the, the villains in this are the campaign managers. 
Stanley Tucci and Nathan Lane, who right. you got to do. It's just, what's important is winning. We got to win. I don't know why I did a Richard Nixon voice for that, but <laughs> he was Nixony. This every is, character in this movie has one job, and they do it every single line that every, they speak in the movie. Constantly. We're constantly reminded, like, yeah. she's a precocious kid. Right. He's a dumb guy. Each character yeah. uh, you know, opens a door, storms in, and says, I am here to remind you why I'm in this film. There's lots of plot. It's like watching an episode of Law & Order, because like, at the beginning of every scene, they summarize everything that's happened so far. Yeah. Even though the title almost summarizes the entire plot. It could have started 50 minutes into the film, like... Ever since I voted wrong, my life's been crazy. Yeah, and then like a maybe like a two minute flashback, and then well, and that would yeah. have skimmed over some of our major problems with the movie because the first hour you're saying y- yeah, the basic premise of this film. I don't care whether it's a comedy. I don't care whether it's a movie. Like the premise is unworkable because as we all pointed out several times through the movie, number one, it would never come down to one vote. Right. You know, like not, not certainly not on election day, it wouldn't come down to one no. vote. There, there would be absentee ballots, you know. The, the, also that like, when long before the margin of error is that small, it goes to the courts. Well, we know this. A recount. Yeah. Even if this movie first, happened before the, the year courts. 2000, you might have me because I wouldn't even know. Yeah. But since this actually happened in 2000, a close <laughs> election, not even nearly as close as this, just went to the Supreme Court and they picked who they wanted to be president. Yeah. Like, that's what would happen. That's I saw it. I remember. I'm not. I don't know anything. Yeah. And I know that that's what. I kept expecting one of the, like all the characters <laughs> I don't know to anything. All the characters to suddenly recover from their amnesia and be like, "What are we doing? Pattering yeah. to this but guy? Even, Wait, this is how it works." James Carville's on TV and he's like, "Ah, oh, it hasn't happened until the 1820s when it went to the House of Representatives." And it's like that's one not even true. One that happened in 1876 also, but two like okay. Then the election should go to the House of the Re- like. Yeah. Why does this? You are saying the plot of a smarter movie. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. And you, Elliot, uh, were really keen on doing this movie mainly because you wanted to object to how it I, gets politics I wrong. I was like everything about. I was so ready to be fa- be horrified by its factual inaccuracies. But you were, and you were correct too. At least, I mean, yeah. at least in the and I, premise and I got, part of it. And I got a certain amount of fun from that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it was just. It's weird because it wasn't the movie I thought it was going. As often happens when we. When I'm looking forward to a movie that we're gonna mm-hmm. do, it wasn't the movie I thought it was gonna be. Like I figured it was gonna be like a really wacky, over the top comedy. Because you thought we were watching the Third Man tonight. You're yes. looking forward to that. This is, yeah. Oh, I can't wait for Carol Reed and Graham oh, Reed's meditation on good intentions <laughs> yeah. and moral ambiguity. Oh, guess what, guys? I got swing vote. Oh. oh. We're compelled to watch whatever you bring. <laughs> We're not watching Jules and Jim. We're watching Swing Vote. But so I thought fun. it was going to be a much goofier movie than it was. But, like, it was a really slow-paced, not a good movie. And as, as right. you pointed out many times, well, like, a really fake-looking movie. But yeah, it, felt- it was amazing in that, like, the movie was high-budget with talented cast – well lit, like just well produced. Like if you didn't speak English and you walked through the room when it was going on, <laughs> you'd glance at the at the screen and be like, "That's probably a good movie," and you'd keep going. Oh, no película buena. Yes, <laughs> but every single moment, especially in the first half of the movie, rang so untrue. Yeah. Like in the way of like when they show a bunch of guys in a bar, it doesn't look like a real bar. It looks like a bunch of actors in a bar set. Yeah. Are you telling me that Judge Reinhold is not convincing as a back uh, backcountry egg? Employee? I'm telling you, worse than that. Not only was Judge Reinhold not Judge Reinhold actually was the most convincing redneck, and all of the Mexican extras in the background looked like a bunch of guys with SAG cards. Like they just did it. Just everything looked 
sort of like it was, it was, the, it was the charades version. Of yeah. Like, oh, give me two syllables and I'm going to try to Although, portray to you what somebody looks like when they're in a down, bar. They'd go through like the main street of the town and it was like, okay, they put up enough buildings to make it look kind of like yeah. the main street of it. Even like a dying southwestern town would have a few more buildings. Mm-hmm. Like the main street would literally be like 50 feet long. You know? There's something in the details of it that you could tell it wasn't real. Like, yeah. Nobody thought well, on any the, level. Although if they, there's, there's women out there who really wanted to see Judge Reinhold and, and a, a mullet mustache. and a uh, big mustache. This is the movie. Yeah. The weird thing was I now. still like Judge Reinhold. <laughs> no, <laughs> stupid dialogue, useless part. Likeable. And at the end of every line, like the front part of my brain would be like, that was stupid. And my lizard brain was like, like him. <laughs> Relate to him. Enjoy him. He yeah, good. He sure. good. But this movie reminded me a lot of the movie Bridget Jones' Diary, which has the same feel of like – this feels like it's taking place entirely in an unreal world. Everything's it's professionally That's done. That's a good comparison because that mo- movie could have been pretty good, I think. But it was like fake at every yeah. turn. It's like this is an office in quotes and I here still is don't the think boss it been very in quotes. Good, but, but like there's a part where Hugh Grant and Colin Firth like get into a fist fight out on in the street in the street and yeah. there's nobody in the street it's deserted and the snow is beautiful yeah, actually that movie I'm was like ruined the, by the soundtrack like i'm like every, the one defender of bridget jones's diary i don't like that movie i read the book and i don't remember why and that's a whole pro i don't even know but i thought the book was funny saw the movie and it wasn't funny mm-hmm. i mean i'm all for artificiality in a movie like i saw like gremlins like well, Gremlins. Gremlins but even, is deliberately even makes Gremlins, it look like, like it's in a backlot. Ex- ex- no, that's the thing. The, the houses and thing, things in Gremlins look like real houses. Yeah, but I mean, well, but even like a movie. But it's like, obviously also a conscious choice. That they're like, I'm going to make this look like the old well, like horror a, movies that I grew up with. Yeah, kind you know, of. Well, this like is shot. the idea of a small town, but at least the rooms look like rooms people live in, and it's lit like maybe light would actually look in real life. Yeah. You know. You think that they carted in uh, light from some... I think they other. bottled light from the outside <laughs> world, and then they opened the bottle in it. Yeah. Uh, well, some movie, Rushmore's movie that has an otherworldly feel like, at every turn. Anderson movie, yeah. It doesn't feel like the real world at all, and it's not naturalistic. It's but like it stilted, like, and it looks like it, yeah. this is a movie... This was arranged and art directed by an obsessively weird dude. But, like, it fits the story and it helps. It helps. Whereas this, the premise is so crazy that you need, like, the other things to be realistic feeling. And yeah. They aren't. Right, right to the names. Kate Madison's a reporter. Bud. My nickname's Bud. <laughs> the most stupid nickname that nobody <laughs> really has. Well, also, like, they Ernest call me They Johnson. call me Fishbone. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't understand like the thinking behind Ernest Johnson. They're like, okay, we want people to know this character's sincere, so we'll call, so we'll call him Ernest. And he's right, an every and man, we'll, and then we'll give him a name that means penis for his last name. <laughs> I feel like it was like a bunch of producers came up with the idea for the movie, but then the scriptwriters never changed any of the specifics. They came up with like, we'll change this. This is stupid. Let's say his name's Ernest. Okay, <laughs> let's, whatever. Let's we'll just, just go call with him that. like Greenleaf. It's and not that. Not some place in New Mexico. I don't care. Let's go. Texaco, New Mexico. It doesn't matter. <laughs> call it whatever you want. You know. And, uh, <laughs> well, he works in like what an egg factory, something, something. <laughs> Reporter not... comes up and she's like little Miss Prim and probably. Madison Avenue, like Kate Madison. All right, well, take that out. Take that out. That's crap. But uh, egg, egg factory. That's a blue collar job, right? <laughs> it's quirky, quirky. Put it in. Yeah, a lot of egg factories. And so uh, Texas. But there were parts that we did like the movie overall. It starts out as a really boring comedy, super heavy handed. Then it becomes on the exposition, very heavy handed exposition. Then it becomes a really boring, heavy handed drama about. The importance of no- nobility in politics, I guess. Yeah, and then there's yeah, like when this the candidates horrifying... are betraying themselves. And like, then this weird personal drama yeah. of the dad and the daughter. But that was kind of good, right? Like, it was like a different movie. Yeah, thing. Like, if the it was... daughter runs away to her uh, birth mother. I mean, birth mother. She doesn't have a stepmother. But she, she runs away to her mother's. 
and it's Mara Winningham, and like there's this whole like mini it's heartbreaking, movie yeah. Where it's like, That's oh, a, this is clearly a woman who has had substance. This abuse daughter problem. wants the mother to be a good mom, and she knows she can't. And, and in yeah. the audience, and we were saying this multiple times, like how much of a fuck up does that woman have to be to that be a Kevin worse Costner parent than, has, yeah. yeah, has custody. But and he's only is. cartoon bad. Like he sleeps in in a hilarious <laughs> way and cracks open a beer right at eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And but she's real bad. Like she's like she's for real a, scary. I like bet the he wire. A lot of time in the drunk tank. Yeah, like with a big key on the wall and the sheriff lets him out to answer the phones. Yes, That's the world yes. he's living in in this there's movie. A big, there's, a, there's a big fat sheriff yeah. sleeping with his chair tilted back. And, and he like Coster comes out locks himself in the cell and then oh I got it sheriff. Don't worry using, about me. He's using a broom handle to, get it, to try to get my the key ring off of the wall. And right. meanwhile yeah like Mayor Winningham is giving guys blowjobs for crack. Like yes. Yeah. It's a different, but like that's it hinted at a much better movie that this could have been if it had nothing to do with the presidential election. It's, it's like it was just about a guy and his daughter, and you know they have to get along, and she's too smart for him. And, right. So it was weird to see how it was bad and how it was good because so the well another part of the there was another really part bad. that was oh the other good part was the uh, or that I like oh, a lot. Did, what, the, what were we gonna say that was bad? The ham the over explaining like the yeah. over indicating early in the movie when it's revealed to the world that there's this one guy who has the vote and they found out who it is. They cut to somebody in a news station watching Kevin Costner come out of his trailer, and in the news station, he turns around to his manager and goes, I don't believe it. Or what, what is it like? <laughs> I don't I don't. Oh, he says something like, uh, it can't just... be this guy. <laughs> or it's like... But then later, like, oh, there's all this press in town, and, and Molly Logo's like, this is getting weird. Yeah, as if right, talking right to the audience, in case you fell asleep... <laughs> In for case you this thought entire this is how movie. life is, yeah, it's not. This part of the movie is pretty weird. <laughs> you might as well look right at the camera. Why? Why not even go? Yeah. Go all the way. What look is right at the audience and be like, "This seems pretty promise. meaningful." But uh, the good thing about it was they show these ads that the presidential candidates are making yeah. to appeal to Bud, and they're like, "It's like they hired." A college sketch group to like do these scenes <laughs> right. for the movie. Like they're really funny and crazy. It was like, so over the top that I loved them. There's, they're like he's like oh, I don't like that people are losing their jobs to Mexicans. And so Dennis Hopper is striding towards the camera through a desert as illegal immigrants just run past him at top speed, and, racing <laughs> a horde of Mexicans cars behind with him, sirens chasing after, and he's acting as if he's oblivious to what's going on around him. Yeah. Right. Or, so the idea of a Democratic president giving an anti-immigration ad might have been the point they're trying to make that was funny. But the real funniness was just. How insanely over the top that yeah. commercial was. Where he yeah. does the thing about abortion's bad, and he's standing in front of a playground full of children, and the children begin exploding in puffs of smoke. <laughs> right. Yeah. And disappearing. Colored, colored anti abortion. <laughs> and then at the end, he holds up a ball, and he says something about intelligent design, and the ball turns into the earth. Like right. it's, it's it was really great. Over it was the really top. funny. It, I guess maybe what I'm thinking of as ham handed exposition was just over the top, but at a part where I needed the movie to be real. Yeah. Like when he first walks out of his trailer to discover the press. And there's not just like a crowd of like eight to ten reporters outside of his door. There's it's like two hundred, two or three hundred reporters. And they have huge, with huge floodlights. Huge yeah. lights that don't go. He he opens the door and goes, "Is there somebody out there?" And suddenly, yeah, goosh, it's like, dark at light. first, and then once he opens the lights, come on. They waited for him yeah. to surprise him, like it was a birthday party like, from the uh, press store. Shh, shh. Eventually he'll go outside. Yeah, and then we'll start yeah. yelling questions. They at weren't. Him. They weren't making. There, there was a huge, huge crowd. They weren't making any noise. <laughs> Until Kevin Costner opened the <laughs> well, door, well, this, and then they're well, like, "Turn the with, lights on, everyone, start talking." This this has to do maybe with the theory that you had, Will. It made the movie a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I believe that Kevin Costner 
It's never said explicitly, but that everybody in the movie is inanimate unless being looked at by the main character. <laughs> that everybody is completely still until Costner looks at him, the camera pans over, then they start, and then they can come to life and move. There's a part, Kate Madison has an, has an American Indian cameraman, <laughs> and she's eating dinner with, with Kevin Costner and Molly. And you don't see the cameraman, you just see this little three You just see the three of them together, and she's like, maybe I can interview you, and Kevin Costner's like... Oh, all right. And suddenly he looks over and the camera pans over and the Indian is just sitting there holding the camera in yeah. the chair. And then suddenly gets up real quick, points the camera at him, and you were like, oh, that guy was inanimate until right. Kevin Costner yeah. looked he, right at him. He was a statue until Costner used his life-giving rays that came out of his eyes. It's definitely a thesis that you know has support in the text. It's, it's like... It's like a remake of uh, It's a Good Life, sort of. That's what I, yeah, it's, a, it's like It's a Good Life, but not as good and without, you know, the human uh, jack-in-the-box. Well, I think it's fun when watching these movies to decide what you'd have to do at this point to make it a genuinely good movie. What would have to happen to save it? And, like, the further you go along, the harder that is. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but this, I feel, this theory, I think, in, improves the movie greatly. <laughs> I think it saves it. Although, the, it, like, also the idea that I wish that, there were, that it ended with him choosing the president and then the president starting a nuclear war, and there's just a shot of Kevin Costner going, mm, better luck next time, <laughs> as a mushroom cloud goes off behind him. You know? Well, I guess I made the wrong swing vote. Yeah. The one that you guys were talking about was, uh, there was a point in, during Kevin Costner's 10-minute monologue. Uh, 45 minutes. He has, he had a, he has at a the long end, speech that he gives. Where he talks about the letters he, uh, oh, that's, he yeah, received. This, this and is a like, movie where importance is signified by people bringing bags and bags of letters Yeah, it's to like him. Miracle on 34th Street, but bad. Right. But, I, uh, wish, I wish I could see when that judge got lost his license as a judge. <laughs> yeah. You know, Excuse me, why did you uh, say in the law now, the American law, that that man is Santa Claus? That's your <laughs> responsibility. Based on, now you've set it, the precedent that if anyone gets a lot of mail, that means... Just that, that they have to prove that lot of mail was sent to somebody. That means that someone must exist. Uh, yeah, now Bernie but, Madoff has like 10 million letters. Innocent, cared of Bernie Madoff, and they got delivered to him. There's precedent, you know. Yeah, yeah. What were your grounds for this, Judge? I'm just crazy. I don't know. <laughs> but the one that you guys were saying was uh, during that long speech, he's like, I got all your letters, and they touched me. And you, Elliot, said, in my butt. <laughs> And then, and then the movie should have cut there. Like it was a the big most brilliant, shaggy yeah. dog. It was an hour story. and forty five minutes set up just <laughs> to so really, say in my butt at a surprising moment. <laughs> to a really, t- and then yeah, like a huge bait and we switch. Saying, he says, he says very seriously, in my butt. And then you just see him real quick glance off camera, so and then boom, cut. cut. Yep. Like so all that, the credits in fifteen the seconds. Black. <laughs> <laughs> With music like this. But he wants you to know that he knows it's a joke, and he knows he just wasted two hours of your time. If they did that, and then they actually. Actually took the real snippets from reviews <laughs> to use in their advertising. All the ones would be like, "What? No, really? It would have, people would the first weekend that movie would sell out everywhere. Yeah. You'll be never so guess how it ends. <laughs> there would be rioting in the theaters. It would be like the riot in spring. Dadaist would show up and be like, "Finally!" <laughs> they would like be super excited. It, the <laughs> ending bears out the rest of it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's not. It's a movie that takes its time going nowhere. Well, but my also, theory was. Oh, go ahead, Dan. No, I'm just gonna say, like, for a movie that is ostensibly some sort of political satire, or at least a movie about politics at all, the political characters, you have no idea what either of the candidates stand for, except for like generic Republican, yeah, generic. But that's generic. There's like generic unemployed people, generic reporter, nothing. Yeah, I mean they they have like like, this fear of um, doing any actual satire in this movie. The Republican is kind of dumb, and the Democrat is kind of like weak or spacey or nervous. Like phrase I used to describe the David Mamet film State in Maine. 
Well, I, I call yeah. it gumming satire. Like, it's not biting satire. It's like gently gumming its victims to the point yeah. where it's kind of massaging them. Well, they're them. making fun of the film industry, right? I feel like whenever they make fun of film industry or politics, I think it's so hard to be, like, specific enough and big enough to be funny because the real world that we see every day is huge. already so crazily heightened. But, like, yeah. in, in State of Maine, it's like... We're really going to give it to the film industry, except everyone who works for it is nice. They're all good people. Right. And this was kind of like that. You know? Well, we do know that uh, Kelsey Grammer is anti-cancer. That's the one policy. Yes, uh, that's true. He hints at an anti-cancer initiative. Yeah. And he likes ice cream, he mentions at one point. Yep. I feel like what they did in this movie was they had a pretty good cast, and there were a lot of moments that in the midst of being bored out of my mind <laughs> and waiting for this thing to pick up and just being unsurprised at every moment and having the exposition summarized for me, then all of a sudden a moment would happen and I would like smile or I'd laugh. And I think it's because the actors are good. And yeah. I feel like what they did was they made these scenes long and slow with the intention of well, let's give these actors time to like react to each other and have some real moments and it will save this terrible script. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately all it did was make this terrible script take forever to get to its ending. Yeah. It didn't really work. It was. It's not a very, and I don't know who wrote it, or how many drafts it went through, or whose hand was the in it. The director wrote it, but it's not a very good. Oh well, then he, you know, I'll blame him. But well, yeah. it's, it's not a very good script. Well, and you know, I and it's not the happening bad, but it's you know not good. I remember when this came out. Like I, I, there was a there was a web series that a friend of oh, cause mine. I don't remember when this came out. I was like. Swing vote. I can't wait till that comes out so we can do it on the flop house. And then I looked at the ad closer. I'm like, oh, it came out a week ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's already out. Oh, it's already out of the theater. Well, but the yeah. only reason I was aware of it was uh, a web series that a friend of mine and I did. I wrote a, a script for it. It was about like two guys. You can two say the space. name of your. It was called Captains in Space. It was about it's your two podcast. guys in space. Advertise your things on. Yeah. It. Well, it's basically done now. But the point was, I. Wrote an and episode. It's the internet, so that stuff is gone. Yeah. Once you post it yeah. on the internet, it expires. Things are only on the internet for one day. <laughs> but that's I was like, great about it. Well, <laughs> what if there was an episode where there was a an election for president of space, and the idea was everyone in space had to vote, except for these three people didn't vote, and so um, the president of space, played by in this case Sarah Schaefer, who has a uh, guest hosted on the Flophouse before, comes in. And panders to these people. Wasn't she up against a toaster? Yeah. <laughs> to- a toaster was the other candidate. That would have made this movie better. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Like, Not that Dennis Hopper was bad, but if he was a toaster with Democratic leanings, <laughs> I would have been paying right. a lot more attention. But it talks. Like, yeah. The, the toaster Why? and Captain Space We gotta do something talk. about the water! <laughs> it was just the, li- the, like, the toaster shaking around. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. oh, we're down in the bowls. <laughs> what are we gonna do? But the point was, at, in that case, the absurdity was part of it. I'm like... Okay, this is it. Yeah, you're not trying to do a politically premise. super incisive. Yeah, like, no, it's like, oh, maybe the in the infinity version. of space, the idea that everyone voted except for a couple people—that's the absurd, that's ridiculous, ridiculous that's thing. But here they're trying to play it as if like, oh, but that's the jumping-off point for. Uh, maybe they wrote like an incisive drama, then they did those political ads first, and they were so funny. <laughs> they're like, you know what? Let's just blow the lid off this thing, man. We're going to make another airplane. Every step of this movie is going to be a slapstick wonderland. And then halfway through, they got cold feet. Yeah, and they're like, like, nope, uh, put some speeches in. Let's make sure people know that we are Americans. Crackhead mom, crying daughter, let's crank this thing up. (laughs) It was such a weird... It was was, heartbreaking, man. I was was impressed that that scene worked in the middle of this. Yeah. Like, bring that scene back to its... It's Mothership movie. Like, wherever the, <laughs> yeah. wherever the movie is, that thing came Which from. Which is probably called, like, Nowheresville. You know, yeah. Something like that. Or something horrible. Broke downtown. You know? Kramer versus called, Terms of Choice. Or something Rush. like the saddest movie ever. Um, Kramer versus Kramer. There's a movie that uh, I don't get. But anyway. I saw it when I was 10. It works then. Well, the thing is, like, thinking back on it now, I'm like, 
there's not really very much going on. It's like, how is this dad going to figure out how to take care of yeah, a no. kid? He did. Oh, he did it. <laughs> oh, that's right, because parents take care of children. All yeah. right. Yeah, like... you're bad at first. You do it again and again. You get better. We're people we learn. The Tool mother makers. comes back, and then he makes a very good case that she's not a reliable mother. Yeah. It was okay. like, you know. even though this movie preceded the other, uh, the other one, it was as if they're like, let's take Mr. Mom and make turn it, it into a drama. <laughs> Yeah, what take we... that Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. Thank God, someone's Again, finally make sure got the cut. Doesn't uh... Costner was too dumb at the top. He's an interesting sort of dumbness. He definitely reads as dumb in everything he does. I think. Yeah, but well, like, he's never a smart guy. They Except were really for, um, when he played Louis Pasteur. <laughs> <laughs> they were really put in, the, in a movie called Milk. Strangely <laughs> enough, right? yeah, uh, badly named. <laughs> turns out you wouldn't think so. They were like, which movie should really be about Harvey Milk, shouldn't it? Especially because they were like, it was all about homogenization. So they're like, if you're a homo, you're going to love milk. <laughs> so it really like misadvertised itself in every yeah. way, unfortunately. But yeah, Kevin Costner never plays. He's, he's better when he's playing a guy who is not it's an like idiot, simple. but he's not smart necessarily. Right. He's like a lowbrow, like wise. Bull Durham was the perfect pitch for him. Like yeah. the well-read baseball no player. No pun intended. Oh, right. God, that's horrible of me in some way. Bull Durham was the best wolf dance for him. <laughs> but but he that when he tries, he, he's one of those actors who I feel like he wants to like show some sort of range. But right. then he's like, uh-oh, that didn't work. I better go back to what I know. But each time he goes back to it, he's forgotten how to do it a little bit. Yeah. And then he becomes, you know, stupid over time. The whole first conversation with his daughter where, you know, she's like, you got to vote. And he's like, who's running again? It's like, you know who's running for president. <laughs> you think Give me a break. That, he, that it's Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. As the, as the What's dad pro-life of- mean? <laughs> Which one's that? It's like, come on. I mean, did you get your shoes on your feet? Like, <laughs> I don't care how not into politics you are. You know what those just words mean. Just by simple repetition. Slightly. Yeah. You, well, just, you know who's running for president? America? <laughs> what month is it? November? <laughs> what? Are you sure Ain't that's that many syllables in a month? It's 2008 <laughs> AD. I thought Christ hadn't been born yet. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what it's an abbreviation for, <laughs> but he doesn't know what year it is. And that would fit this movie, though, because he'd be brilliant and he'd be like the wise old guru in one sentence, and then be just like, he'd be like, Well, I don't know. Seems like those them guys ain't really sticking to their principles. <laughs> Pizza. Like, yeah. It's, it's a push door? Yeah. Oh, God. You're right, Molly. I should be a better father. I, I just, guess politicians just don't always do what they say they're going to do. It's like, wow, this movie's really out there. I figured that out when I was one. <laughs> okay, well, let's... Um, so what do we do here now, Dan? We've I'm talked a, a while. Do we vote? Yeah, we vote. <laughs> Swinging. It comes okay. down to... Um, I wish swing vote was the story of Tarzan running for president. We should that, vote and leave it up just to one of us. Well, there are three of us, so if the, there's a tie, I don't think... Oh, man. I, um, I guess you're both going to have to pander to me for your <laughs> since I assume you guys are for 10 days. Opposed. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Let me just say one thing before we vote. They give him 10 days before the debate, not even before he votes. Right. Like, if I was the government, I'd be like, listen, you need to vote right now. Right. Just yeah. tell us who you're voting. We'll for. give you 24 hours. You're, yeah. You're throwing America into a panic. But instead right. he's like, Mm, I guess I'll vote when I'm good and ready. And they're like, oh, you got us over a barrel swing vote? There's nothing we can do. Like, I don't get that There's choice. There's literally no other way that we can decide this election. <laughs> we all have a 12-hour window to vote, the normal voting, yeah. the ones who work on time. Hmm. Everyone else in America was able to vote on a specific day, but this guy has outsmarted the calendar. Yeah, you know, and it's going to have to wait till he's Because in America, anything that stops you from voting, we will not <laughs> stop until everyone who wants to vote has had a chance. There's no history of impeding votes in this no, country. No, not at all. Never. 
or making it inconvenient or difficult. This is what we were saying before about like the idea that this is a made-up universe for Kevin Costner because he's maybe you know constructed a world where he's the most important person in it. Yeah, and everyone has to bow down to him. Yeah, right. He's the Twilight Zone kid that's ordering everybody around. Yeah, even it all comes back to it. Uh, Willie Nelson or um, <laughs> what was the name? What was the race car driver who was in it? Uh, Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Petty. <laughs> this movie, big name. I want to say this again. A I think this movie names. was pitched in 1989, and all the references they pitched then remain in the final <laughs> script because I don't think Judge Reinhold, Willie Nelson, Richard Petty, Richard Petty. Those are yeah. This movie is. A I while was ago. waiting for them to start watching the Cosby Show, or, right? You know, where where's the beef? Where's the beef? Yeah. I guess my question is, where's the beef? Yeah! Yeah! Politics. Anyway. (laughs) What you just said was more biting than (laughs) this. The categories are... um, Potpourri. Notable quotables. (laughs) Potent potables. And potent rotables. Scrotent bottables. And chopin goatables. Chopin goatables I clean up on. You uh, want me in your... Can your you room. repeat the categories, Alex? <laughs> no, I can't. Wait. Chopin Goatables? Chopin's Goatables. Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought it was Chopin Goatables. Chopin Goatables. You made it made more sense. <laughs> we play a Chopin song, and you tell me how well the goats reacted to it. <laughs> on a scale from one to five goats. <laughs> we have assembled a musical scale of these goats. Yeah. I say play. three goats, Alex? No, it was two. You're wrong. <laughs> What is the minute waltz for goats? All right, we'll give it to you. You said goats. You said goats. That's all you were looking for. Oh, man. Chopin goatables. I'm going to pick for kids. this show. Hey, kids. Tired of eating the bad old cafeteria food? Try some goatables. Chopin goatables. <laughs> Mom, can I get Chopin goatables? I think you've had enough Chopin goatables for today, Billy. They're the goatablist. Oh, what a product. <laughs> Anyway, kid tested, that... farmer approved. <laughs> oh my god, this is the strangest joke that uh, I, this done is on even stranger than the Teddy Grahams thing. Oh, <laughs> oh, but we got we got we got a vote, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the categories so, are: okay. is this a uh, good bad movie? A movie that you you know you recommend uh, to watch with friends for a few uh, larfs? Right. A bad bad movie, mm-hmm. one that has no entertainment value, or a movie that maybe you like a little bit. Okay, so I have my uh, vote. as the guest, I'll turn to you first, Will. What this is you... a bad, bad movie. All right, it's too slow and boring, despite the few moments that are okay. That's my vote. Yeah, I'm gonna agree on that. It it comes close to almost Uh-oh. working. How am I gonna break this tie? <laughs> <laughs> my swing vote's gonna come into play. No, that's not how it works, LA. We both. Uh... Yeah, it comes close to uh, working a few times, and there are a few scenes that are amusing, but uh, overall. And it's, the, the fucking thing is two hours long. You don't need two hours right. for this premise. No, yeah. not at all. I, I, I agree with you guys. And, and the times when the movie worked for like 30 seconds yeah. made me hate the rest of it more. Right. Because it's like, <laughs> you people are capable of... It, like the same way that like if a bad kid in class gets a D, the teacher's like, what are you going to do? Right. But if a good kid gets a D, she sits him down and is like... What's going on at home? Like right. this is unacceptable. Yeah, like it. It could have been much better, and there are little flashes of that, but it just makes the rest of it look that shittier. You know. Well, maybe uh, maybe Kevin Costner will. Uh, you know, he's a new actor, and he's still figuring this thing out. And <laughs> maybe he'll get his stride. Yeah. So um, right now, I've got a few letters from listeners that I want to uh, address. First of all, dear uh, Santa, <laughs> this one is actually from my eldest brother. Uh, I just want to say that these correspondences do prove that you exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't write a letter to someone today. who doesn't exist. Um, this is from Rob, last name withheld. 
I think you can guess it. Your brother, Dan McCoy? <laughs> yeah. He okay. says, uh, first of all, he's disappointed in me that I was unaware that Thailand has a king. He says his name. Oh, yeah, we na- talked about that a lot. His episode. name, of course, is Yule 2. <laughs> and he uh, commands you, Elliot, that he says that you're correct that the Bloody Valentine, my, the, he calls it the Bloody Valentine, my Bloody Valentine is technically in four dimensions. Thank you. He says he's holding out for the sequel, My Bloody Valentine 5D. The Tesser Attack. <laughs> a new dimension Tesseract. in horror. So there you go. I think he spelled it wrong. It's Tesseract. But that's every movie is in three dimensions. So a three dimensional movie is four dimensions. Because the that's dimension right. of time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's annoying. It's really. Wow. It's, it's, that's the kind of thing that correction. made me an unpopular kid. Yeah, pointing out that kind of thing is not going to win uh, you any conversation. By the way, you mean Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Frankenstein was the name of the scientist. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Stop! Why are you hitting me? Don't put me in the locker. I think, we, I think we've addressed this before, but I think that this is the reason why you came on The Daily Show to correct uh, John Stewart about Wolverine. About Wolverine, yeah, because I'm yeah. an irritating person. Right. And this one is from. A, someone who's not related to me. It's from... Uh, you, Dan really McCoy? <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah, last name withheld. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think I probably know that last name. Dear Flophouse, I've been... At, <laughs> Jeremiah well, Johnson. You can, yep. well, well, you can read the, uh, oh, the name right. from where you sit. That so. makes it easier. So uh, he says... That's who I thought it was. I've been enjoying your podcast. It's hilarious. Bangkok hilarious. <laughs> I have a movie to recommend although it may fall out of your intended scope 13 days starring Kevin Costner and his Boston accent <laughs> it does it does it does fall out of our scope it's, it's a, little, a old. little old but I think that it was good that we read this yeah, right now because we did our Kevin day. Costner movie but he has several postscripts P.S. <laughs> on the blog I would enjoy seeing pictures of the Flophouse crew watching movies you Dang. would not enjoy that as much as you think you would. Yeah, you I think you would. There's a picture. Well, it's sort of inactive. It's not. I think not there's a lot one of... picture on there of us sitting on a couch, mm-hmm. and there's it's exactly like that for two hours. There's no motion or anything. Right. You know. My it's, wife it's is the one who does magic. the photos. You never want to see like Hawkeye's dad. Like there's certain people that you never want to see. <laughs> yeah. All my references are 70s. Is that cool? I can throw off this? All right, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't... Wait. It's like Barney Miller's wife. You I don't mean, ever want to see. Are you talking see... about the movie Magic starring Anthony Hopkins and a ventriloquist dummy? Is no. William Goldman's. About... Ma- oh, I forgot to tell you about that, Dan. About uh, I met William Goldman last week. But I'll tell you about that later. Did he script yeah, sure. or something and then take a large sum of money to Certainly keep quiet don't... about it but then no, tell everybody anyway? Don't, no, uh, no. Don't, don't talk about it on the, on the podcast. An interesting that would be uninteresting. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear about my screenwriter. meeting. Famous screenwriter William Yes. William Let's go back to our theories about what they were thinking on the set of Swing but, but uh, the what were we talking about? No, I'm just Jeremiah. Oh Johnson. yeah, pictures of. Um, we should do like a fumetti of us watching the. <laughs> you had like your Christmas thing, holiday thing was kind of a mini fumetti. So. Yeah, no, I think that we'll get some photos. Uh, my wife is the one who takes the photos. She was not here tonight. Also, Stuart was not here. But I think in the future we we should get some more pictures. He says PPS or PSS actually. <laughs> PP. No, PP is right. PPS. Yeah, post postscript. Well, but yeah, postscript script. He, he actually puts postscript script oh. here. Come on, Jeremiah. If, while watching a movie, you guys, the Flophouse 3, were bombarded with cosmic rays and bestowed with superpowers based on everyone's Flophouse style of commentary, Hmm. what would those superpowers be? And would you use your powers to combat the makers of the movies you review? And how would you react to a public that feared you because of your superpowers? I wish I was a regular member of this panel because I get up every morning hoping to be asked well, questions no. like this. <laughs> I think that we'll open this to Stuart when he's back. But I think Will, Stuart will be a character you... called the Stash, and his ability is to wear tiny pants that don't really hide his junk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to know when boobs are around. That's good. 
Will, you're, you you're a big comics fan, so I, I feel yeah. like you can jump in on this. I don't think that we need to exclude you oh, as nice a co-host. Yeah. So to, to answer myself first? Okay. Well, yeah, sure. Okay, I'd be some kind of bird costume. Okay. Uh, hopefully an endangered species like an eagle or a condor. Okay. And my ability would be to interrupt and to say somebody else's idea as they were saying it. <laughs> my superpower would be i think i would be some i think i'd be something called like the librarian or the professor <laughs> I can see that. The professor librarian i would be i would have an entirely tweed sort of unitard and a pipe and <laughs> tweed unitard <laughs> he's got elbow patches on that unitard incredibly uncomfortable mr it scratches like, oh my god i'm chafing they like call crazy. me mr chafe <laughs> and my power would be to be um consistently i hope you have calamine lotion on the inside of that costume <laughs> Consistently avoid matching others and their quips because I'm uh, concerned about keeping the show on track. <laughs> you'd, you'd have a subtle voice of authority that yeah. fails to keep us in line. Time yeah. for the next bullet point, you'd say. Mm-hmm. And I'd be Chatterbox, the Joker of the group, even more <laughs> nasal and annoying than I am in real life. <laughs> or the or the corrector, the referencer, the asterisk, yeah. the asterisk. That's a good one. Yeah. I'd think I'd be called Chatterbox. I don't yeah, think that. And my adorable. and my my cost, and I'd have like. Those wind up teeth, I'd have one in each, <laughs> one in each hand, and I'd go, mm, like, like, point them yeah, at people. You irritate the criminals back into jail. Exactly. Oh, God, I'd rather be in jail. <laughs> Not another moment. You give people, like, a minor rash by uh, those chattering teeth uh, yeah. biting their arms. Ow, ow, those teeth. And stop talking uh, about Mishima, chafing. a life in four chapters. <laughs> wow. It's like, Paul Schrader, people. It's rare that I don't think about that movie ever since I saw it. It's a good um, movie. It's good? It's really good. I don't think I've ever seen any of his movies. I mean, I saw Taxi Driver, but not like the uh, directed. The, of the ones I've seen these directed, I like this one the most. It's much better. It's was I mean, Autofocus was the Autofocus, one? The Referencer. Blue oh, Collar. Wow. Yeah. He's he's done some good ones, but I, Machine was the only one I saw where I was like, by him where I was like blown away by it. Yeah. I like wow. Blue Collar a lot. Blue Collar's not bad. Um, That's the one in, uh, there's a book called What Happens Next, which is supposed to be a history of Hollywood screenwriting, and it kind of, it's a pretty good book, but it like skips a lot at times, but uh it talks about Paul Schrader directing Blue Collar and almost or definitely breaking down in tears on the set because Richard Pryor and Yafet Koto hated each other so much wow. and would argue. And Richard Pryor turning to him and going, are you going to be a man or are you going to be a pussy? When Paul Schrader is like in tears on the set of his own movie. so Wow. He's an interesting character, Paul Schrader. He, he didn't see a movie till he went to college, I think. His family was very religious and they wouldn't let him go to the movies. Really? Yeah. Why are people good at things? Right in front of me like that. That is annoying that he well, I don't know. started so late and then was that awesome. I don't know that Paul you know. Schrader is rubbing it into your face. <laughs> I think he might be a little bit. Not me directly, but just the world at large. Yeah. Hey, I just saw movies like five years ago. <laughs> I did this. And I'm making them. You know what? so hard. Richard Pryor called me a pussy. What yeah. do you think of that? <laughs> Take that. I think he's definitely rubbing That's it. That's a really face. abrasive Paul Schrader. Well, hey, my- you know what? I'm making a movie called Autofocus. <laughs> you shove it up your ass. <laughs> Of all accounts, Paul Schrader is a fairly abrasive I'm gonna, character. But. I'm going to fucking make an exorcist prequel. What? Oh, yes, what movie did you make? It's going to be taken away so from me. Yeah. <laughs> and reshot completely. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck I'm you, Rennie Harlan. My movie got taken away from me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm Paul Schrader! <laughs> <laughs> Movies are easy. <laughs> That's like what it says. When you That's why I don't care. Office. It's yeah. like I pooped that out. Top of the world, man. Oh, I sneezed. There's a movie. Whatever. Uh, but to go... Become Cody Jarrett from White <laughs> Sure, why not? Uh, but to to briefly go back to the question, okay. I, I don't think that we would combat the makers of our, those movies. I think that the movies would give us our powers. Yeah, we would gain powers from movies and feel really depressed that people feared and hated us and probably like sulk and sit mm-hmm. in our dark rooms. 
people may fear and hate us based on the numbers for this people, podcast. Oh, <laughs> that's a, we we get at least a listener. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. But I would like to recommend that people uh, tell people about the podcast and sign up on iTunes and write a review. The okay. Flophouse Podcast at blogspot.com. Anyway, Unless you're Paul Schrader. <laughs> hey, I heard your podcast. <laughs> what it's <a> garbage. <laughs> I'm going to make it. First of all, I never heard a podcast until two weeks ago. I'm going to shit a podcast. Way better. I could do it in my sleep. I just did one right now. I got a podcast right now. Easy. <laughs> it's great. It's dramatic. It'll whip your heart out of your face. <laughs> my podcast will explode in your ears. Schrader uh. out. <laughs> <laughs> You've been Schraderized. This and is the straight speaking. Talk to what me. What does he sound like? I don't have any idea. <laughs> I don't know. Like I imagine he's a much calmer he's a man. He's soft and thoughtful. Yeah. I doubt that he's like that. Like, kind of loud. I just like the idea of him answering the phone. Schrader here. Talk to me. You got the Schrader. <laughs> Hang on. I, I got to stop talking to him. I just got a, an amazing heartbreaking idea I got to write down. Oh, my God. You're going to cry your face off when you see this movie. I wish, it's like the American soul, but it's coming out of my butt crack. I wish there was a no- big enough audience that I could do a, nin- a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sketch where they have to fight the Schrader. <laughs> Their villain is Paul, is Paul Schrader, oh but he's God, a ninja. have you seen Elliot's new comedy show? The parody of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Paul Schrader? It'll be right up there. It with, to an audience uh, of four people. With my, with my sketch I told you about once, Dan, where Sinclair Lewis is Grandpa Al Lewis's dad. <laughs> And Sinclair Lewis is so mad because he's like, listen, I'm a famous author. Do you know how old it makes me feel that my son is named Grandpa Al Lewis? That's what I like about it. Is I that- wrote Elmer Gantry. You're a vampire on television. Yeah, he's mad about He's more mad about like what it says about his age and less about like he's like, you are ruining the family name the Lewis by name. appearing on this monster-based A lot sitcom. of Elliot's comedic sketches require that an amazing science fiction device be true, but that no one in that universe is concerned with the science fiction device. Well, you yeah, know, they also it's... require an amazing spectrum of references, yeah. like both Sinclair Lewis right. and Grandpa Al Lewis. I want <laughs> Samuel J. Tilden to be having a conversation with uh, Howard Dean Stanton. <laughs> Howard awesome. Howard Dean Stanton. Oh, I mixed that, that up. That would be no, but that'd be great. We're like, we're going to Paris. <laughs> we're going to Texas. Paris, Texas. All <laughs> oh, right. <coughs> Harry Dean Stanton. There's one last. There's one last postscript or a postscript script script. I wish I could do a TV show where Harry Dean Stanton <laughs> traveled through time just talking to people. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> no one would be thrown. Everyone. He blends. He's an everyman. Yeah, everyone's voice like, is the same in your universe. Oh, how do, you doing? Yeah. I'm Harry Dean Stanton. I'm a. I'm an improv actor, non parallel. <laughs> I've gotten through ten years of improv doing no characters. <laughs> I have loud, and I have not talked. <laughs> Stand on the back wall. There was, yep. there was a thing I saw. It used to be one for was Ian Roberts showing. He, he's like, I'm going to create a character just now. Create a character. He's uh, he's an IRA terrorist. Yeah. And then. It was like, okay, well, ask me any questions. I'll answer them in character. Okay, uh, how, what do you feel about the British occupation of Ireland? He's yeah. Like, mm, I hadn't really thought of it. And, yeah. like, the whole, every answer was, I don't know. But <laughs> this is his character. And yeah. he's created this whole character who has yeah. no opinions about anything. Right. Ian Roberts is a great character. Yeah, indecisive. Lastly, though, I want to read this last postscript oh, because sure. it's kind of wistful. I can't stop you. It's sort of wistful. Okay. I, I just started watching Silver Streak on that Netflix on-demand thing. Oh. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Thanks for the tip. Will Ned Beatty ever have a happy ending? <laughs> uh, well, it's true, I guess. In, I guess in network it's implied that he continues his reign as a plutocrat. Yeah. But... I think probably at this point in his career, no, <laughs> is the answer <laughs> no. to that. I mean, I, what has he, what's he done last? The last thing I remember he was playing, he was in <laughs> The last thing Cat I remember is him in switching channels. <laughs> <laughs> That's Oof. quite a long time ago. Yeah. 
he you know he's a great actor who unfortunately yeah. is got raped early on film and, uh, <laughs> and that was it for him like it's like i can only be a bumbling sidekick in a superman movie now yeah the whole world saw you be somebody's bitch and that is it <laughs> backwoods people have emasculated my career <laughs> i got typecast as the rape guy yeah all right, man, we've talked a while, so let's... I'm sorry. No, 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 it's sorry. good. It's, well, it's, it's all happens. gold. Oh, good. It's, yeah. all, it's always like, let's get in and out, people. we got to go home. Right. Oh, wait, we've been talking for 40 hours. Um, one thing on the internet, videos have to be like two seconds long, but podcasts are allowed to be like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah they, 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 they Double go Double standard. I don't they know, extend towards the horizon. Allowed, they tend to be... Quickly, sure. uh, to prove that we're not miserable jerks who hate everything, um, mm. let's, let's do some recommendations of movies that we've seen recently that we liked, and uh, in the interest of... Going fast, I will say that recently I saw Ghost Town, a movie that was not embraced by audiences while it was in the theater. It has some problems, you know. The script is a little on the nose, but... Uh, I'm in a ghost town. <laughs> this is a town full of ghosts. Well, not big enough to be a city, and everyone's dead. <laughs> well, they, try, they tried to sell it as like it's a wacky a comedy, and I think that's because Ricky Gervais was the main guy, and they're like, okay, we can't sell it as what it is, which is a romantic comedy, because yeah. no one's going to be like... Because he's hideously unattractive. Well, people aren't going to be like, oh, that's, that's the leading man I want to see. And here's what's wrong with movies today. There used to be a time when your romantic lead could be Gene Wilder or Elliot Gould, mm-hmm. like a normal-looking yeah. person, but now it has to be like Josh Hartnett or yeah. George Clooney. It can't be someone who is of average looks. But ah, I think movies go through phases. Well, first of all, they're always more forgiving to men than women. That's has, true. There's never been oh, a time when a homely woman has been the romantic Except for lead. Marty. And the whole point of it was that these are two homely people. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's never... It's and that always movie been, was uh, like a uh, once-in-a-century occurrence of yeah. like talent. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's only when... Uh, yeah, it's always a, an average guy with a very attractive woman. But it was a very you, sweet or like, movie. Or like modern uh, romance with, uh, with the Albert Brooks Albert movie. Brooks. Where it's like... The whole movie... Like, it's a really funny movie, but the whole movie you're like, she's way too pretty for Albert Brooks. Right. Come on. Yeah. Except in real life, like the... Millionaire, famous Albert. Brooks. Yeah, well, then he can get any woman he wants. Yeah, you know? that's why these guys sit down to write movies. Like, I'm the lead, and I obviously have women swarming all over me because they have done so since I had one ounce of fame in this city. Yeah, but uh, it, you know, three good performances. Uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, what's his face? Greg Kinnear. Uh, Greg Kinnear is good in it. Taylorney, who I think often is a little, I don't know, there's something like sharp or cold about her, but she's very warm in this movie. And it's one of those rare romantic comedies where you're like, oh, I could see these people falling in love. I understand what mm-hmm. they have in common other than the fact that the screenwriter has thrown them together. Yeah. So uh, I recommend that. Oh. And she puts her face right near like a ghost's penis, right? Or somebody sure. does? There's that in it. I saw that in the commercial. And I was like, mm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to see this movie. Yeah. Because why? how come the other ghosts have clothes but he doesn't? Well, because uh, people wear what they had on when they died. That is a dumb rule. Well, it's consistent though. It's, it's enforceable. Apparently, <laughs> they've ghost cops. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Take that <laughs> shirt off, buddy. You died in the shower. Yeah. You don't get to wear pants. I'll take any. I'll take any supernatural rules on that's held you know, firmly throughout. Okay. I would agree with that. All right. Well, then I'm outvoted. <laughs> yeah. Well, your, your vote I haven't change. seen any movies recently. I feel bad. I mean, your rule, it should be recent, well, I right? Mean, it should be recent, but it can be anything. I'm going to have to bend the I saw Scanner Darkly on Netflix okay. streaming, which is some years ago, like four years ago or something. But I really liked it. I expected it to be really boring, and I thought it was really cool. I, that movie kind of went quickly, I think, relatively quickly. I thought it was like, it wasn't right. great, but it was yet. like smart, like a lot of fun sequences. I guess like a lot of uh, his movies. Linklater, is that his original yeah. Linklater? Like, you, good stretches of actors kind of being natural and real with each other and not a huge heightening of story. 
That's very Linklater, yeah. And but you can, you I, can I, finally uh, fulfill your dream of seeing uh, rotoscoped Winona Ryder's breasts. Yeah. What? Which is very That's true. That's How true. come I haven't seen this movie? Yeah. yeah. You have a real fetish for cartoon Winona Ryder. Well, cartoon breasts, really. But, yeah. You know. And the rotoscoping so I thought was good. I think that animation cool. style is cool. I thought it worked for like a weird science fiction style where you want some things to be weird and some things to be natural. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want the really audience to know I don't really have a thing for cartoon boobs. Uh, I do. It's too late Oh, now. okay. People, people believe the first thing they hear, Elliot. Ah, that's why Hitler got along so well for so long. Yep. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't listen to that guy. He's crazy. Sorry, my mind's made up. I've yeah. done him already. Yep. That's science. That was the broadest accent I've ever done for a <laughs> no, Not like my straighter. Hey, you want accents? <laughs> Your accents are crap. I hadn't heard accents until I was 45. <laughs> I've never been out of the country. Oh, oh, oh see, I'm hey, French. Oh, I'm already French. Look how French I am. Jeez. <laughs> easy. Accents are easy. Schrader! <laughs> he yells his, names at, his name at intervals. Yeah. It's like self-centered Tourette's. Well, I'll... <laughs> that's weird. That's a, ter- that's a mad TV, TV sketch from like 10 years ago. I think. Sorry. Schrader, Schrader, Schrader. <laughs> well, it doesn't really offend anybody. <laughs> it's just kind of... It's, the, I mean, it's out of the ordinary. The repetitive. reference is a little obscure for mad TV. I don't know if we're going to... Oh, they did tons of Schrader sketches. <laughs> they're they were, they were America's clearinghouse oh. for Schrader sketches. Oh, because uh, there's so many that needed clearing out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at rock you can't bottom go to a, every college sketch has got their Schrader. They got their superhero sketch, their zombie Something sketch, and their Schrader run. sketch. You can't just throw them out, Elliot. They've been written. I yeah. guess so. I mean, they don't expire until. <laughs> What's your Schrader's... movie, Elliot? Name a movie you like. We're gonna oh. be here for. T- we're gonna be here for longer than it took Kevin Costner to cast a vote. <laughs> <laughs> I saw on Friday of last week. I saw uh, Coraline, which I enjoyed a lot. That's the new movie with the voices of Dakota Fanning and Terry Hatcher and John Hodgman and. Uh, some other people who I don't remember. It looks beautiful. The trailer makes it look... It's really... The animation's fantastic. It's Henry Selleck who directed Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh. And I think James and the Giant Peach. Yeah, James and the Giant Peach. Um, And it's just... He outdoes both of those movies in terms of the animation. (laughs) Really great. And the figure acting is fantastic. And the design is really cool. And the voice acting, strangely enough, is really good. Like, really? usually they hire celebrities and so they can like, promote with their be name. Be yourself. Right. You're, you're Eddie Murphy. Just Eddie Murphy it up. But John Hodgman actually acts in it like and, and gets across this character that doesn't sound like too much like he does in real life. Mm-hmm. Terry Hatcher and Dakota Fanning both do a good, like, acting job of creating the characters that they're wow. doing. And it was just like a real – and it's one of those movies that, like, there's no pop culture references in it. There's no, like, song montages set to, pop, like, 80s hits or something. It's like, not a DreamWorks film. It's not a dream, It's not Shrek, basically. Yeah. It's like, and, like, this is a movie that you can watch 10 years from now, or you could have watched it 10 years ago, and it would have been just well, as good. Well, you couldn't have watched it 10 years ago. I mean, if, if the movie had existed no, 10 you're, years ago. Actually, you're wrong there. I'm yeah, in, what you're saying is a, is a temporal impossibility. Okay, well, 10 years from now, and then another 10 years on top of that. And, by okay. the way, it's Frankenstein's monster. Ding. Why I oughta. You guys. Will, Will knows what that is. It's a callback. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it, like it was. It felt it was a really good story told like in a, this solid way with beautiful animation. And the only caveat that I would give for the M tour is uh, <laughs> I saw it in 3D, and I would recommend not seeing it in 3D. I huh. feel like the images are so beautiful on their own, and there's so much going on in them, and the lighting is so not conducive to 3D in that the images are composed, they're not made for things to jump out at you, yeah. that it really was distracting and not so... And, like, you, your brain is working harder to, to channel the 3D images, and it makes it harder to focus on what's going on. Like, whereas Beowulf was much better in 3D than it would have been out of it because it's just this fucking guy shoving things in your face and there's a monster and then the camera zooms in. 
But this, you know, is a movie, so right. it, would be, it was a lot better. We're rapidly approaching the uh, limits of what GarageBand can handle in a single audio file. So we wow. should sign off. Okay. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, oh, our thanks, for, Thank thanks for, for coming, coming along. Inviting me. I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Will Hines. And I remain Elliot Kalen. Good night. Chatterbox with the last word. Yeah. Wait, do you need to know how to describe me? We could let you introduce yourself to, to the listening public. Yeah. I was just, <coughs> you, have, you have a specific intro that you yeah, want. I'm micromanaging and, and bailing at the same time. You do whatever, <laughs> do whatever you want. This has got to be perfect. I don't care. <laughs> right, exactly. We cannot screw up. You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's just play it loosey-goosey. Stay on point. <laughs> and three...